0: All right, everybody, welcome to the Dope Ass Podcast. This week, I have Kate Lemire, Chicago and fitness blogger, in my actual closet, my first interview with someone in studio, which is my closet. And Kate, I am so happy to see you here today. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, I was so excited when I emailed Kate because we've we've known each other for a while through um, mutual friends and we run into each other in the coffee shop a lot. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm so happy you agreed to come on to my show. And I know that my followers and um, audience are going to just love all your information. So thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm honored to literally be a guest in your house, both physically (laughs) and digitally.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so let's get it started. So you are a, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a blogger, and you're very interested in fitness and wellness Yes. 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 Um, I'm a mom. I'm a
1: wife. I'm a friend. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. And I'm a fitness blogger and trainer. Um, I train here at Barry's um, in Chicago. We have two locations, soon to be three. Oh, no way. And I also write um, a blog, which I I hesitate to use the uh, the word blog because it's not necessarily a personal account of fitness, but rather evidence-based. So um, it's a digital platform. For evidence-based fitness training, perinatal training, which is um, pregnancy, trying to conceive, and postpartum, right, and then nutrition.
0: Yes, and what I notice about your posts is that you're very—it's very like like you said, evidence and like scientific and no bullshit. Like this is what you do to get in shape. This is what you do to lose weight. It's, it's Cal. I mean, it's like calories, right? It's, it's a deficit. I don't know what I'm talking about. I
1: (laughs) I appreciate that. I try to take my personal experience out of it because everyone's fitness journey looks different. And so what I do or what I eat is not relevant to anyone but myself. So it's really taking the pillars and the fundamentals and the majors of fitness and breaking them down to be, you know, excuse the pun, digestible for anyone in any season of life.
0: Okay, awesome. And you're freaking hilarious. There's the there's well, definitely I'm inspired by you. There's definitely <laughs> some like sense of humor to your your sharing and your you know your fitness, and it, it can be not funny, right? Like it can be. We take it really people, seriously. Yeah, yeah. take, we it, take seriously, it seriously, and people get. Overwhelmed by it, so I think you do a really. What I admire about you is is the humor that you bring. Thank to you. to it because it's. I think it's hilarious. Back, <laughs> back at you, back at you. <laughs> so okay, so how did you get started in fitness? Like, tell me a little bit about your journey. Where you you were super into it, obviously before you had your son. Yes. So what got you started into it?
1: Um, I was a swimmer um, competitively for most of my life. Decided to um, change directions and focus on my professional life and my academic life um, as I was going into college. But I really missed being active. And actually, I didn't know how to work out by myself. Okay. Um, up until then, I had relied on coaches to write my workouts for me. And um, I really didn't do a lot of dry land when um, I was focusing on swimming. So all of my workouts were in the pool. So when I got to college, I didn't really know what to do. So um, I weighed out some options, started taking group exercise classes at um, the co-rec at Purdue. Um, Absolutely loved it. Um, My favorite was actually spinning. So that's how I started. Um, And then when I came to Chicago, I was in entry-level advertising, broke as shit, had no money. So I decided to parlay into a part-time job and a side hustle. And I just saw the gym that I belonged to that they were taking auditions for trainers and spinning instructors. And that's how it all started. And I just, I loved it so much um, that it just, it became bigger and better. So it started with spinning and then I got strength training um, certifications, um, resistance training certifications, and just one by one started to build my education and my book of business.
0: Okay. Awesome. And then how did you find berries, or did they find you?
1: Berries actually found me, but the brand and my experience with the brand had preceded that. Um, So I think just my nature is to dive in, research and educate myself as much as possible, no matter what I'm doing. And when I got into the fitness space, um, Instagram wasn't a thing. Facebook mm-hmm. was just Facebook had just started. And um, after Twitter and Instagram broke through and started to grow, I just started following everyone I could. So I would Google the best trainers in New York, the best trainers in LA, the best workouts um, in the major cities that um, I didn't have access to, and just followed as many people as possible. And that included a lot of various trainers. So when I would go to New York or LA on business, um, I would hit up all of the boutique studios that we didn't have just so I could learn as much as possible. Uh, My first experience with Barry's was at 5 a.m. in Chelsea. And the second the class started, I was like, I need to be a part of this. Oh, that's Um, amazing. So when I heard they were coming to Chicago, I had my feelers out. um, But actually, um, the Barry's CEO, Joey Gonzalez, reached out to me um, for a meeting. And we met. And kind of the rest is history. So it was a little combination of, like, putting myself out there, due diligence, and then being in the right place at the right time.
0: That's amazing. And you I feel like you're you're perfect for berries you fit in like so that makes sense that when you were there in that (laughs) class that like
1: I I don't know if I would agree with that there's a lot of uh, models and beautiful people and you are though the perception is that people have to um you know be a model to go to berries or yeah
0: so let's talk about that what would you say to someone that really wants to go to berries but sees these you know kind of gorgeous trainers and feels intimidated what would you say Brands are perfect, right? Brands are
1: perfectly curated um, perceptions, and they should be. But the human experience couldn't be further from that. Um, So while a lot of the trainers are beautiful and um, are also actors and models, the um, population that goes to work out are everyday people just like us. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're moms, they're husbands, they're um, professionals, they're um, in the service industry. It's all walks of life. Um, and the workout is customizable and scalable. Yeah, so I think like the the best example I can give is an elite athlete working out next to a woman who is 38 weeks pregnant and both walk out the door saying that was amazing. And that's really our job as trainers is to be able to provide an experience that can cater to a variety of people um, and specific needs, whether that be modifications or alternative drills.
0: Right. Got it. And so my experience at Barry's was I was very, you know, I was very intimidating. I do strength train, but I don't do a lot of cardio. So I was nervous to do the class, but I will say you don't have to run at a 10 or whatever it is you know you run you run at the level that's challenging for you absolutely and so i feel like that's what how you modify it right yeah, or, oh, absolutely. you get tired you stop for a second right. i mean it's just like totally People, I think, just have a healthy intimidation of the
1: unknown. So yes. You see something, you're not sure what to expect. Um, you think it's one thing. It's a story you tell yourself. But the second you get into that room, the energy just really carries you. And as soon as you get through with that first round or that first sprint, you think, okay, this isn't really what I made it out to be. And actually, I think I do got this. And it's a really powerful feeling.
0: Right. And it's fun. There's music. Yes. There's yeah, There's fun really music. Fun. And talk about your playlists. I know that playlists are... Kind of a big deal, right? Yes, kind of you're like are, a DJ of your class. <laughs> yes. Playlists are a trainer's
1: currency, really. It's our greatest asset because music is the ultimate motivator. So when I work out, I like to listen to a lot of rap, a lot of trap. I want something that makes me feel like a total badass. Mm-hmm. Um, because that hour is really escapism from professional life, from emails, from my screaming toddler, and like I want like a little piece of just like who I was, right? Um, so I belong to several um, music pools or DJ pools, and I pay for the music that um, I play. And I wait. You pay. How
0: does how does that work? What do you? So mean... it's like
1: a monthly subscription. Okay. Um. Yeah. So you're able to um pay for the login credentials, and then um you're able to download music, and then you can store them on your computer, and then play them through iTunes or Spotify or whatever. And it do is. you do
0: a lot of searching yourself? Are you inspired by other people's music? Do I do you... a
1: lot of searching. Um. I listen to the radio, find songs that. I'm I like and then just kind of dig in and find remixes just based off of like the beats per minute and then kind of just the flow of the round. I personally don't time my music to the, um, drop of the like sprints or, um, the cadence of the workout specifically, there are trainers that do that and it is really powerful. Um, but for me, I just like something that can soundtrack, um, and kind of like keep up with the general cadence and like crescendo of the round
0: itself. Awesome. That sounds complicated. It it sounds complicated. (laughs) Coming from the girl that will put on show tunes at a party and completely (laughs) kill the vibe. That's you'll zaragal. be at my house party and it'll be like Snoop Dogg, and then all of a sudden, like the Grease soundtrack will come on. I like and that about you. Yeah, but it's not. It's kind of a party. Killer. You can you can pull it off. Uh. <laughs> okay, so you have you have the part of you that that is the instructor at Barry's, and then you have your own thing going, and you have like you had recently had a sponsorship with Headspace, which is amazing. Oh, it was so incredible. Um, and so, tell me how you balance that. What's a typical day look like in your life where you're trying to you know keep the berries thing up and and keep your own business up and be a mom and be a wife. how do you how do you balance? I hate the word balance. But oh, how God, does- it's so hard, right? Um well, I so I actually don't
1: do that many sponsorships. okay, and so the um website that I maintain is purely on the side. If I have an idea, um I'll write it down or I'll dictate as I'm walking to the train in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, berries really is my main priority. I'm also a member of their corporate team, so um I have a very um, full load with them. But that being said, I've been building uh, my personal brand, The 4%, for the last six, almost seven years. So when I was approached by Headspace, I was really interested in um, exploring because, first of all, it's kind of like a fine line, right? Your followers want authentic content. um, We got to keep the lights on. So we're like looking for these sponsorships, but they want transparency in um, the work that you're doing. And so I say no a lot more than I say yes. Yeah. But with headspace, um, it came into my life at a really interesting time just because I was navigating some postpartum anxiety, um, post postpartum depression, just to be honest. Yeah. And I was looking for um something new to do because what I was doing, and to your point, trying to find that balance on my own wasn't really working. My mind and my thoughts were very um cluttered and chaotic. But that being said, um, Trying to find a sense of balance like throughout the day um, really begins and ends with berries. And then if I have an idea or um, something that I want to expand upon, I get all of the um, fodder for my content from social media. So if someone's DMing me questions or someone um, leaves a comment on a post and it's super engaging... I write about um, topics that I get the most engagement with. So if people have questions about um, caloric deficit or progressive overload, that's what I write about. So okay. the next time someone asks, oh, you know, do you have an answer for this? I can just send them a link of something that I've already written. Amazing. So I'm not like writing the same thing over again. But that um, that being said, um, I start my day, I wake up, I drop my son off yeah. to um, daycare. I head downtown. We have two locations. I work out at the River North studio. Um, I'm there from about 8.30 until just depending on the day, um, five or six. Um, and then I will just take breaks and intermittently check social media, hang out a little bit. Um, I love being with all of our clients. And then go home, family time is really important, and then um, work for a couple of hours just to get inspired for classes or the next day, Mm -hmm. and then kind of start it all again. But um, it's, it's really incredible, just the combination of doing marketing and strategy for a global company. Being able to train and then kind of like work on my own yeah. creativity as that well. That is pretty so, incredible.
0: Yeah, so it's fun. And do you get um, do you get a common question? Like, do you can you think of your most common question you get in DM? Yeah, about- the
1: most. I, it's not so much a question. It's more. It's more of a statement, and it really tugs at me because I I can feel the emotion through the text. I've tried everything and I can't lose weight, or I've tried everything and my body doesn't change. And it's something that I think a lot of us mm-hmm. struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, and my first question back is, what what's your goal? The second is, what have you done? And the third is, where are you getting your information from? Social media is so powerful because it connects all of us and uh, we have access to people, places, and things that we've never had before. However, if you're listening to someone who doesn't have the credential to be speaking about what they're, um, you know, the information they're disseminating, or their goals aren't aligned with yours, um, you're setting yourself up for um, a lack of success. So I, that's that's the number one, and mm-hmm. it's it's not as simple as like, oh well. Here's what you've been doing wrong and here's what you have to do Mm -hmm. moving forward. Like there is a little bit of digging and there's only so much time that, you know, we can spend in DM going back and forth. So I try to be like as helpful um, as possible. But fitness gets really complicated because we try to do like everything and we look at all these workouts and now um, the swipe panels are like – that's like really trendy. Like, oh, arms and abs or – Um, like a bicep workout, and then there's 10 frames that you just kind of swipe through and people are like, all right, I'm going to do that today. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of clutter. And fitness, it's really not that complicated. It's moving your body, it's eating well, and then um, sleeping in recovery. And then just kind of fine-tuning what works for you based off of your lifestyle and your goals. The goals always have to match um, an outcome, and those outcomes always have to match action.
0: Got it. So
1: that's kind of like – it's kind of like a puzzle. It is Mm -hmm. a puzzle, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's trial and error. It's not Yeah, because if
0: you don't know what your goal is, like if you're – I mean, and do you think some people have – like I know I've looked at people in the gym and I'm like, well, I want her body. But it's like I don't have her body. <laughs> right, exactly. Like yeah. I have my own genetic makeup and when I gain weight it goes different places than when right. you gain weight. And so it's sort of like I don't know, like what would be how could you encourage someone to set a realistic and also, you know, empowering goal for themselves? That's that's easy. Do you do you encourage people to set you know, huge goal. This is what I want to look like in a year. Or do you encourage people to do baby steps? Like in a month, this is how I want to look or this is how I want to feel maybe. Totally. Um, And I think the answer is both. Yeah. So you have
1: like a main goal and it's always going to take longer than you want it to. It's yeah. always going to take longer than you think it is. Um, And fitness, progression, goals and results, they are not linear. So there's a lot of start and stop. And a lot of times we get discouraged by that where it's like, oh, it's Monday. I got to start again. The body doesn't work that way. It just keeps on going. Mm -hmm. um, And you can stall your progress and you can delay it, um, but it never restarts. So With someone who um, has a big goal, it's looking at, okay, what's the long-term and then how do we get there? And we break the um, long-term down into more short-term goals that keep discipline and motivation kind of in that cyclical ebb and flow. But everyone's like, oh, well, I want to look like this. I want to look like that. And you have to kind of take a step back, emotionally detach and just be a realist. Mm -hmm. That image, is photoshopped. Mm-hmm. Your genetics aren't necessarily of that of the body that you're looking at. Right. So just taking um, a moment to be like, okay, if my goal is a six pack, you know, what what really am I looking for here? That six pack isn't going to totally make you happy, but if it's a little bit of weight loss, so you can have more energy to keep up with your kids and to be fit and to work out more and to feel better that's like a different approach. Um right. and, and it's more not, reachable probably. Yes, and yeah. it's not so much rooted in like numbers or aesthetics mm-hmm. or um, like mm-hmm. a picture that you're trying to attain. It's just kind of like like the, the
0: very foundation. So if I'm trying to reach a goal, do you encourage people to set um, markers? Sort of like I'll know it's working if, you know, I have more energy or if I like – I feel like that sometimes is helpful for me if I'm, you know – especially with fitness like mm-hmm. if i and then once you you have that feeling it like almost keeps you going to the next thing yes. right and yeah, it yeah. might it might stop me in the moment if i'm wow this you know plate of cheese fries looks amazing but you know my bigger goal is <laughs> that i'd like to have more energy or right. i'd like to sleep better at night so i can have more energy so i don't know is there anything you can like encourage yeah. people in that way. like, And it depends on the person because certain
1: people um, are able to step on a scale every day. And Mm -hmm. for some, that's kind of triggering. So um, it really depends on who you are, um, your past experience, Mm -hmm. and then um, how you're able to manage the protocols that are in front of you. Mm -hmm. So For someone who isn't bothered by measurements or tracking, yes, stepping on the scale um, or weighing food or tracking calories. If someone would prefer not to do that, then there are a ton of non-scale victories, whether that be how your clothes fit, um, progress pictures, how you're sleeping, your ability to recover. So. Again, there's like a little bit of investigation that happens um, when someone's just starting or they're looking to do something new. But there are so many options. And that's a really, I think, common misconception is people think, I have to do it this way. I have to step on a scale. I have to weigh my food. And it's not It's not like that. It really mm-hmm. is. Um, adherence is the one and only thing that matters when mm-hmm. you're thinking about reaching a goal. And so you have to find what works for you right. so that you stick to it. Right.
0: And there's thousands of ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Can you think of like a fitness myth that you just wish would go away?
1: Yes. um, Strength training or lifting weights makes you big and bulky. Oh, yeah. Women want to be toned. They just want this like lean, long muscle. And it's all the same thing. It's just muscle. Yeah. And the only way to grow muscle is through applying resistance against it. And that's strength training. Tonality is visible lines in your physique. And you don't get that unless you Build muscle and then you shed the fat that lies on top of it. So
0: you're not gonna get that just no. running on a treadmill. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> don't don't <laughs> shoot the messenger, you guys. I'm gonna call a spade a spade here. Because I do see those people that just cardio, 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 and nothing else. And while they can be thin, like sometimes it's just like I mean I'm not thinking of anyone in particular. <laughs> I'm just talking <laughs> out the side of my mouth. But do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there, I think oh there's a I think there's a there's a myth that that cardio is king for everything. Yes, and it's definitely not. It could be though. Okay. For like what okay.
1: for, for what you're yeah. looking for. If right. you're a marathon or you're an endurance athlete, yes, cardio is your ticket to success. And it's good for your heart. Yes, right? absolutely. Okay. Um cardiovascular fitness can be achieved through um a lot of different ways though. So it's not just the treadmill, um, and it's not just the elliptical. So really when you're thinking about like, okay, is it is it weight loss? Is it building strength? Is it um growing muscle and recomping your body? There are different workouts that will put you in a position to reach those goals faster. Got it. So it's thinking about what you want and then figuring out how to get there. For the um, average woman and most of the women that I come in contact with, it's they want to lose a little bit of weight and they want the tonality to see the muscle that they've been working on and they want to be someone who looks like they work out. Um, and berries is an amazing place to do that. Um, strength training is, an, is the best way. So lifting weights um, and then managing your um, energy balance and that's calories in versus calories out and that is like a whole conversation in itself because mm-hmm. there are many things that contribute to that, and it's not so simple as eating less and moving more, um, although that is part of it. Yeah. Um, but really, it's just finding a workout that you love and then managing your nutrition in a way that doesn't offset what you do in the gym. Got
0: it. Yeah, because it's – I've heard that quote before. like You the best train kind of, a bad diet. Yeah, that yeah. and also um, – Find a workout you love and do it. Or yeah, you know what exactly. I mean. Like it, the best workout is the one that you'll do. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um. And so let's talk for a minute about uh, postpartum yes. health and even you do a lot about or some about pelvic floor and stuff like that. And yes, because you, if women that don't have children yet. You, um, you know, when you have a baby, it puts pressure on your pelvic floor. Not even—it's not even the birth; it's actually the actually carrying the baby. Mm-hmm. Even if you have a C-section, you can yes. have um, issues with your pelvic floor. And from my experience, and a lot of women that I've talked to, you go to your checkup, and the doctor, you know, checks you out, and then it's never discussed again. Absolutely, no one and- ever asks you: Are you peeing on yourself when you laugh? Can you jump on a trampoline? It's sort of just nobody. It's just something we feel like we have to deal with or this is what happens after you have children. Yes. And there's no conversation about it. And, yeah, and because of that,
1: women will accept it as their new normal. Right. And um, I I just want to say it's not, um, although many women do experience it, um, but that doesn't make it right. And we don't have to live with it. Um, when I was pregnant, I started um, – Expanding my education of just perinatal fitness in general, not only so I could help myself, but the people who were around me and um, a lot of the clients and the women that I come in contact with. So I had never – I had heard of the pelvic floor. I knew what it was in terms of like where it was and the bowl of muscles um, and its function and form. But I never knew of how – I never knew how complicated it was. Mm -hmm. And then I never knew what could happen after you have a baby. In my mm-hmm. mind, it was like you have the baby and then you um, you know, you breastfeed and then you go back to working out after six weeks, and then that's what it is. And mm-hmm. I really, I never knew about how complicated it is until I went through it myself and was getting my education. Right. Um, so I had a really smooth, I'm so fortunate to have had a smooth pregnancy and um a fairly smooth labor and delivery. And then um, I did all the right things coming coming out of that. Mm-hmm. I rested for six weeks. I wrote, rewrote, edited, revised my reentry to fitness uh, more times than I can count. I took things really, really slow. Um, I still had pelvic floor dysfunction and three different types of um, prolapse. Oh wow! So and I, how did you know? I mean,
0: what you just kind of knew?
1: It. I knew because I felt the heaviness. Yeah. Um, my body did not look how it had looked in the past. Yeah. There was a bit of a ledge um, in my lower abdominals, right underneath my belly button. Um, and then when I would sit down, it would feel like a ball was getting pushed
0: up. Got it. So it was, it was very identifiable. You knew something was yes, wrong. And someone that didn't, didn't know so much about um the public floor might just say something's off.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I'm the type of person, if I feel something I don't say, oh, you know what? I'm sure that's going to go away on its own. I monitor it, and then I do something about it, mm-hmm. especially with pelvic floor therapy. Um, If you're a woman who thinks something might be going on, you have to be proactive because there are not a lot of pelvic floor therapists, mm-hmm. and they are booked for weeks and months in advance. So the second you think something's up, just make an appointment. Mm-hmm. Get a referral. Yeah. Um, And it always just helps to know because – when you go in not only do they do a lot of um like surface level examination for abdominals um for back or muscle tightness but they also do um, internal exams, and manual um, stimulation as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of nice to know what's going on, right? Um, whether you're um, healthy or have some work to do. Um, having a program that's meant for you is always going to be the most efficient way to solve any problem or rehab any injury. So right. I went, I was in um, therapy three separate times with two different therapists. And I'm not gonna say it was like the time of my life, but it was time that was really well spent. Right. Um, so I'm really happy that I did
0: it. And you felt like you were making progress on yes. something, which is yeah. always a good feeling. Right, totally to have a plan. Right. Yeah, absolutely. To say, this is the problem. This is how we're gonna attack it. And yeah. Let's go. Totally. Yeah.
1: Life is like, it, it's short. It goes by really fast, but uh, hours go by
0: really slow, yeah. especially when you're in pain and it's not right. okay. So and it's not okay and it's not normal. I mean, yeah. it is normal and there is, yeah, it's, it's not something you have it's to common. live with. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Um. So tell me what you've created this kind of, you know, a lot of people would admire what you've done and, and how you've achieved your goals. Is there, is there some advice you'd give to someone that you maybe- is struggling in their career or not, you know, hasn't found their passion yet. You know, how like how do you live your your life? How do you live your dope ass life? Keep exploring,
1: mm-hmm. keep learning and meet as many people as you can. When I started in fitness, it was it was a decade ago, it was a long time ago, um and social media wasn't the tool it is today, but networking Going to events and just putting yourself out there is the number one way to get exposure and access. And I'm not talking about reaching out to someone and saying, hey, can I take you to a coffee? Like, I honestly think that's like one of the worst things you can do, uh-huh. A, because people don't have time to like see their friends,
0: let alone a random yeah, person a buying point. them like a $2 yeah. coffee. Mm-hmm. But if you guys want to know, I know where she gets coffee at, so. <laughs> you can, we'll you tell can you just where show you show find up. Us. Yeah, just show up,
1: just show up. But I love, I love the women who um, approach me and they take my class. And then afterwards they say, do you have five minutes? And some of them will come up with a notebook or the notes app on their phone with like five specific questions. And that to me is so impressive because yeah. not only are they prioritizing my time, um, but it's theirs as well. Um, But when I first started, I was meeting as many people as I could. And I was learning as much as possible now with social media and myself included, like we get really caught up in the world of Instagram and like creating content and scrolling and what is everyone else doing? But really, um, you know, in whatever role you're in and, you know, fitness and as a trainer, especially our livelihood and the value that we bring our clients is not based on pictures Mm -hmm. it's based on the results and the service that we provide and you don't do that unless you know what you're talking about so it's not sexy to like turn your phone on airplane mode and like just get a certification or
0: read or study or subscribe to a journal or review right but it's what we have it's what we have to do it's kind of the what's going on in the background yeah you know, you might look at you and think, wow, she knows so much. She, you know, she's so um, informative and her content is so great. But what you're not seeing is the hours that you put in behind the scenes to be this way. Yeah. It's it's really important. yeah, Yeah. There's so many people that show up on Instagram and just sort of spout off things that maybe aren't fact-based so i really i think that's something that sets you apart because i thank you i know if i'm reading something that you typed or your story or your post it's you it's thoughtful you thank know you have thought about it and you've researched it and it's fact-based thank you so- yeah
1: and it, like a lot with like fitness like things change more research comes out um what we thought 5 years ago isn't what we think now so it's kind of it's keeping um on it's keeping abreast and on top of what's going on and then and then knowing oh what i previously thought like that may not be right or that may have changed mm-hmm. so what is the school of thought now what is the best practice now um, so that's that's always my number one piece of advice. It's not flashy and it's not glamorous. Yeah, so sexy, I, I, but... I hate to say that, but it <laughs> truly is. <laughs> but you are.
0: So that's OK. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> so tell me what I know people want to know. Like, what is your like your guilt? I hesitate to use the word guilty because I think that's a bad word. But what's your what do you like to indulge in? Like, what are your tastes for food and and what do you not deny yourself of? Everything. Okay. I eat everything. I love food. Um. I don't have a diet. I've eaten with you before, and you ate like the oh, yeah. whole yeah. We, like, we eat. Yeah. We order the wine. I yeah. drink diet coke. Like I, I am not. Um, I love diet coke. I, I hate to what? say it. I just I, I have one once a week at least.
1: I do too, and yeah. I don't think I don't think it's bad. I think a lot of us do a lot of things that um we need to think about. Like okay moderation is everything. And if one diet Coke a week or, you know, every so often is something that brings me joy, um, you know, I don't hate it. If it's mm-hmm. something that I'm reaching for 10 times a day, then maybe that's, you know, we got to take a step back and think, okay, like, what's what really going on here? Um, but I don't have any dietary restrictions. So I love food and I really... Okay. So you're not gluten-free,
0: all. dairy-free. No, no, I don't eating. have an
1: intense... I don't okay. have an insensitivity. I don't have... um an intolerance. So I... I just kind of – what I what you do most of the time d- matters more than what you do some of the time. Okay. So if I'm out with friends or I'm out in a group, I'm not going to be that person that's like, oh, but can you make this gluten-free or could you put this on the side? If you have an insensitivity, um, absolutely. You mm-hmm. have to do what makes you feel healthy mm-hmm. and the best. But for me, um, I don't. So I love to indulge and go out for um, nice dinners. I love cocktails. I love wine. Um, i I personally count and track calories., um, and I manage my food right now. I'm actually in a little bit of a dieting phase, so I am a little more strict. Um, that being said, every night, I come home for work, I have dinner, and then I have three hundred calories that I've saved for a glass of wine. And a cookie or a piece of chocolate. A glass of wine. Yeah. I have
0: one glass of wine. wine. I think that's the key, Maybe two. But
1: yeah, it's like you can have a cookie without eating the whole sleep. Right. You can have a glass of wine without drinking the whole bottle. Of course, there are days where we do need the whole bottle. So that is not what I'm talking about here. But at the end of the day, one glass of wine, I enjoy it. I know it's just the one that I'm going to have. And I have it with dinner or on the couch with my husband while we watch TV. And it's not so much something in my hand or the act but it really is something to enjoy so you consciously Mm -hmm. enjoy it yeah
0: you smell it. You yeah. kind of hold no, it. I
1: mean, not not really, because I'm like my palate is like not. Um, but you're, there's that a sense. thought it's in your, that There's that a choice. Yeah,
0: it's not. You don't go home on autopilot and pour just glassy. Yes, it's, it's not. It's not mindless. Yeah. it's mindful, and
1: it serves me because it brings me joy. Yeah, where people get into trouble um, is they'll stay on track all day, right? They're you know eating really healthy, and then they go home, and it's nine p.m and they're in the and they're in the pantry or they've got like the bag of chips open and they're on the couch. Um that's when things kind of go to hell. So for me, I portion everything out. I know it's like, okay, I'm gonna have this glass of wine and I'm really gonna enjoy it and it's it's a nice thing that brings you joy as mm-hmm. opposed to the mindless um hand in the bag hand to the mouth like you're not even thinking about mm-hmm. it and so it doesn't it doesn't do anything right it doesn't contribute to your caloric goals or the how you feel your body and it doesn't even like make you happy because you're not like thinking about right. it so yeah. it doesn't achieve anything
0: one thing that i notice or i notice about myself is that i i sometimes think i can trick my body you know like it's like my <laughs> It's like like a hack. Yeah. Like uh, there's a hack. And if I just eat another one of those peanut butter cups, but not like really think about it, it's like, oh, then I forgot about it. And my body didn't catch it either. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I think Brene Brown said the body keeps score and it always wins. Yeah. That is is very, very true.
0: (laughs) It knows.
1: Yeah, And that's another thing. Like a lot of people will be like, oh, I just made this like protein cookie or this protein pancake. And there's always, you know, exceptions to rules and you can make foods um, healthier or better for you. But if you're wanting a cookie – just have the cookie. That's how the I feel cookie is cauliflower
0: isn't, pizza. It's not inherently like it. bad. Yeah. And I just don't. I just don't like the crust and I love pizza and it's like if I'm going to have pizza, just eat pizza. Yeah, have like, have I'm a not slice of have two more yeah. cauliflower crust pizza because I'm not satisfied when I can just eat a piece of pizza Yes, and then be my done My portion with it. and be done and yeah. enjoy it rather than yeah. like choke down. I don't do you have a recommendation for cauliflower crust <laughs> because I want to like it, but I just don't like the taste of it. Yeah, and I I don't have a recommendation for cauliflower crust
1: pizza. (laughs) I actually I I bought it one time at Whole Foods. And I I do like it. Um, but it's I haven't really gotten on the like cauliflower craze um or cauliflower rice. Um but I do cauliflower here. I do, I do I do see the value. Um vegetables are like super voluminous and they're really nutrient dense and you can eat a lot. Um, for what they are, and you feel full afterwards. Yes. Um, but it really it has to be um, something that you like eating. and And actually, like speaking of intolerances, a lot of people have intolerances for kale or for cauliflower or for broccoli. So even though they're like eating quote unquote, healthy, they still feel like shit. Mm-hmm. So it's really knowing your body, monitoring what makes you feel good, monitoring what makes you feel bad, and being open to that. Mm-hmm. Like if kale makes you bloat or makes your stomach hurt, but a piece of pizza doesn't, these foods that are labeled good and bad um are not necessarily how our bodies register them. It's like right, more it's like good, a mental It's game. not
0: good or bad. It's how many, like what's it's, the nutritional the, value. What's and it's in it. the amount. It's yeah. And the amount. Yeah. Um, well, this has been, I feel like I could talk to you forever and we probably have to do another podcast. Soon, I absolutely love this. I this has been amazing. It. And um before we sign off, tell everybody where they can find you both on and offline. I don't mean like where you're going to be tomorrow at the coffee shop, even though I know. I will see you there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time. It's at Kate Lemire.
1: And then my website, the 4%, um, all words spelled out, um, is where you can find me um, on the interwebs. But um, I, I do a lot of just
0: DMs and um, uh-huh. answer a lot of questions And book, her, there. And book your class if you're, in, yes, if you're local. Yes. Yeah. Because it books up. Yeah. I mean – it's a big deal that she's here, you guys. So I just want to say that. I would,
1: I would love to see you in the Red Room. You'll It'll be an see hour of your you life. in the Red Room. Yeah, it'll be amazing. Yeah. Yes.
0: Okay, well, thank you so much. And um, I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Fitness, dieting, calories. Oh, my. Little did we know that when those babies came into our lives, our fitness journeys were going to turn into a fitness disaster. Navigating anything plus kids is hard. And when you add in all the other stuff and baggage that we have with food, it kind of made me want to lock myself in a closet or a bathroom and eat baby food with a wooden spoon while I bawled my eyes out and then take a nap and then eat again. Luckily, there's people like Kate in this world who can help us navigate. Wait, navigate. She can help us navigate the fitness landscape so you guys make sure you follow kate on instagram and on her blog it's really worth it and i do get a lot of information from her and motivation and she's so funny you guys you know i value that over a lot so <laughs> thank you guys for joining in and until next time This podcast was produced by Dante32.